Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Surprise, everyone. I am back this week with another episode, this time with Erin Martin from Pink Shade with Erin Martin. She is hilarious, and we break down the Real Housewives of the OC, and also I recap going to see Stassi Schroeder live. She came to D.C. about a month ago to do her show. It was amazing. I haven't talked about it yet, so really excited to give it a little recap, I'm off next week, but we'll be back the week after with an episode. And then we are in November when the Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of New Jersey are back. I absolutely cannot wait. And come December, I know a lot of people are going to get their holiday music on, but all I want to hear is the Vanderpump Rules theme song. I am so excited for Fall on Bravo. If you like the show, please rate and subscribe, and be sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mandy Slutsker, that is S-L-U-T-S-K-E-R, and also at ITRL underscore podcast to follow the latest episodes and happenings with the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker. I'm here with Erin Martin from the Pink Shade podcast. We're doing a fun bonus crossover episode for both of our podcasts released uh, both places. You might hear it twice. You might hear it once, but we're here together. Hey, Mandy. Hey, and you can hear Stassi, my dog, who is freaking out right now. Okay, I am so sorry. I don't know if you wanted to re-record that. That's okay. No, we'll keep it. So just for everyone out there, because I'm going to leave that first bark in, because that was perfectly timed, tell people what your, the name of your dog is. My dog's name is Stassi. She's a little basic bitch. Oh, my God. I love when she barks and you're like, Stassi. I know. <laughs> It's great that you could yell that name. <laughs> it, I forget. And then a lot of people either think she's named after Stasi, which is the East German secret police, because uh, I live in a really nerdy city, Washington, D.C. And the people who recognize it from Vanderpump Rules think, oh, there's no way she named her dog after Stasi Schroeder. 
<laughs> You're like, way. Yes, way. there is a way. Well, I did it. This is what I wanted to talk to you about that I have not shared with anyone yet. I Ooh. went to Stasi Schroeder's live podcast, even though she wasn't recording a podcast, but her live show. Amazing. And that was that recently? Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. She was in okay. DC. Tell us tell us everything. She was, tell us what it was so like. funny, so genuine, exactly how she appears on camera. Bo was there. He was amazing. He was so nice and so funny, and you could tell she was a little bit nervous. So I think it was her third of four shows on that leg of the tour. I think the first show was in Boston. The second one was in Philadelphia. The third was in D.C. And it sounded like the crowd in Philadelphia was not as warm or something was a little bit off and she was really tough on herself afterwards mm. and Wait, was it a live podcast or she, was it a no, book tour thing neither <laughs> what, what is she, the world so she called it a live podcast but they were not recording okay but who was she interviewing someone was she just talking it was like herself a show so she was the first person on was taylor strucker who is one of her best friends who is a radio personality yep. in new york city and she used she, to be a serious xm she's great and she did like a 10 minute sort of stand-up bit and then Stasi comes out and then she introduces Bo and they do a bunch of different like like segments. One of them there's a cauldron and you can write down a question for Stasi and Bo and he reads them to her. And they're they're very cute. Like that's when she announced that she was getting married in Italy and she hadn't even announced it to her friends and family yet. So Aww, you were first on the scene. I know. I knew it would be Italy, though, because I think his, he has family there. He has a sister who lives in Italy. Oh, I didn't know that. Why do I know this? <laughs> I, you have a dog named Stasi. Of course you know I this. I love her. I just, well, and with my dog, and this is just an off thing, like I thought I was going to name her Nastasia, but when I first got her, it was raining a lot. And I got this really little raincoat for her. And I put it on. I had had her a couple days, you know, <laughs> wondering, is she really, is this name for her? Do I want a different name? She doesn't really know her name yet. And she did not like this raincoat. And she tried to shake it off. And when she realized it wouldn't be shaken off, she stared at me and she peed. Oh, my right God. Right on the carpet. Like the look of, I am the devil. And don't you forget it. Exactly. That is exactly yeah. the look that she gave me. You're Jack season one. And <laughs> she's like, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> so, but back to her tour, it was just really delightful. She, I think she just made everyone smile and laugh. She really Aww. engaged with the audience. She talked a lot about her upcoming wedding and how she didn't want to be a bridezilla, but she called it something else, like Dracula Bride, or I don't know what it was. And someone, she wrote this, read from her phone this article in HuffPost. And then it turns out there were people that like worked for, at HuffPost or used to work at HuffPost, and she was calling out all the grammar mistakes in the article. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> and they That's were laughing hilarious. really hard and... Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. She was great. It was just, I loved a, hearing that. I really yeah. like her. I mean, I love her on the show. I think she's one of the people on Vanderpump rules 
of a cast who are just downwardly mobile in terms of emotional intelligence, maybe not in financial, but they just never grow up. In fact, they get worse in a lot of respects. She is the one who's kind of climbed out of that stage of her life. And you've seen her mature as a person. And now she's like seemingly in a really good relationship. And I'm I'm happy for her. I don't know that I've been happy for anyone on that show. Right. I am too. And she did talk about how they became serious, which I hadn't heard before. So it sounded like they were sort of casually dating for about five months. I think she was set up with him shortly after her and Patrick broke up. Uh. And he knew that she had just gotten out of a really long relationship. So he was trying to like hold back, even though he liked her. And she thought he was just a fuckboy. And this dynamic like kept going on until New Year's. She went with Tom and Katie to Palm Springs and was like, you know what? I should invite him. It's been long enough. Let's see if he really wants to make this official. And he said no. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? So he apparently had another party of a friend that he had known longer that, you know, he wasn't going to last minute ditch that party. But it turns out he was really jealous of her going to Palm Springs and like kept calling her and definitely regretted not going. And right away on like January 1st, he accidentally said, I love you in a text message. (laughs) That's hilarious. And that's how she was like, okay, I guess we're like official. Oh my God, he accidentally texted someone, I love you, and it happened to be Stassi. And they were like talking, and she was like, okay, good night. And like, he was like, love you. And he's like, I mean, I like you. I mean, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I guess we're getting married. Uh, Sorry. And that was, and she's like saved, she screenshot it and saved it. Oh, I do like them. I like, oh, you know what? I'm happy for them. And that's more than I can say about pretty much the rest, anyone. On the yeah, cast. The entire rest of the cast. Really good. He's very, very good comedic timing. Oh, good for him. I wonder if um they are gonna get their own little spin-off. You know, because Jackson Britney got that horrific, like does Kentucky spin-off that was just so unwatchable. But I would watch I would watch them, I think. I, I would too. And Danny Pellegrino, who I talk about a lot because I just I find him so funny, he's been saying that we need a newlyweds of this generation, like a, yep. a reality show without that much drama that's just about two people living their daily bizarre lives. They you know? could be it. And I think they could be it. You need so. to call up a producer. They absolutely could be the newlyweds. Of this generation, right? even though they're older than the original Nick and Jessica, it doesn't matter. They're, they'd still, they're young at heart. They're already famous in that world, at least the Bravo world. You oh, know, they have so many people that yeah. follow them. And she has her book and he has, you know, that polish on camera, but he doesn't seem sleazy. Yeah. And yeah, he has a real job. It. He's a casting person. I don't even oh, know what that right. means. Not while he does something other than, like, Jax, who pretends to have jobs. Like, he had to take off work to go on tour with Stassi. That's always a good sign. Like, he has a real real job. job. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great sign, especially, again, for the Vanderpump Rules cast. Okay, so when Vanderpump Rules comes back, we'll have to get back together and talk about at least one episode. Oh, I 
dive. Are you in for that? So deep. I dive okay. so deep into Vanderpump. Deeper than I will spend. And I don't even like Instagram. I'm almost never on it. I will spend hours diving in to try and figure out when was the exact moment that Stasi and Kristen had a fight. Because now they're not really on speaking terms. I know. Okay, wait. Here's another thing. I, I know I just said, oh, we're going to get, we're going to move on from Vanderpump Rules. But here's one more thing. Have you heard the rumors, which sound very true to me, that they are bringing on board a whole new slew of cast members this season yes. during the Jax Brittany wedding season. So it's been confirmed that there are three new cast members. Okay, that's a lot for one season. Yes. Okay, and then next season, all of the old ones are going to be gone. So they're, this is the transitional year where they're like, and here are the new faces. And maybe not all of the old ones. Maybe we'll hold on to like the James Lala generation. Mm-hmm. But the OGs are going to be phased out after this season. Have you heard that also? I I don't know if that's what's going to happen or if they're going to split it into two shows. Because Bravo could probably make more money off of two shows and not spend that much more on production. That's true. Like if they had the OGs and they're all married and living in the valley and, oh my God, Jax is going to parenting classes. Like people would watch. I would watch, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they could split it into two. But You're right, you but it would be. you still want to see the young people at Sir, you know, fighting and throwing yeah. things at each other. Right, and just avoiding STDs perhaps you or know not. <laughs> or not let's be real or not okay well good let's go on to talk about OC though because this week was I'll just say it it like put me over the edge with the OC cast in a and good way direction. or no, a bad way in a bad way I mean okay. not because I was prudish about it or anything it was so ridiculous to me it became uninteresting I felt that way too I was so uncomfortable by these. And you know what? It Age isn't the issue for me. I would be right. uncomfortable of people of any age acting this way. So it's not that these women are of a certain age. It just, um, it's hard to watch women be so insecure in their own bodies, with their own sexuality, with their friendships, with what's real and not real. And that's really tough. <laughs> You know, I think it's hard for us to say women of a certain age and they shouldn't be acting like this because of their age. And I certainly think Vicky's acting like a royal asshole for acting like she's some prudish, you know, stand up grandma who just isn't okay with any of this. It's like, whatever, Vicky. She was in some People article just this week saying, this isn't the franchise I created. It's like, oh, shut up, Vicky. (laughs) She's such a moron. She's a friend of and she's still out there like trying to shade people. But... I will say, and I'm this. I'm not going to die on this hill, but I will say this is my opinion. Like Tamara, mm-hmm. it is not just the age. It is that you have responsibilities outside of yourself at these ages. And I can say it because I am this age. I have a daughter who has friends. I have parent friends. I mean, I can't understand how you can act this way 
if you have those outside things going on in your life. When I look at the Vanderpump Rules kids, quote unquote, from years ago and how they acted, that was fun to watch for me because mm-hmm. they weren't hurting anyone but themselves and their ex-boyfriends and like the next one. And again, yeah, avoiding right. maybe not an OCD, but it's a with, with age mm-hmm. comes responsibilities and mm-hmm. ripple effects throughout your community that trickle down to your own daughter's and sons, and as we've seen with Tamara's daughter, who's estranged, um, you know that shit has real consequences. It so does. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. And it's be- and it's be- age comes with other things. That's why for me. And also, Tamara said on Watch What Happens Live last night when she was asked by Andy, "Would you leave the show to reconnect with your daughter Sydney?" And she said, "Yes." My first question is then why haven't you when she first asked you? That's what I was thinking. I actually saw you tweeted that, didn't you? Yeah, I was so mad. I saw that. No, <laughs> I agree with you. I'm going to go give that a like, Mandy, because <laughs> I agree with you. I remember that that was an issue. It was like, well, then get off the show and quit embarrassing me and my whole entire life that surrounds me. And Tamara would not do it. And not only that, she didn't even respect Sydney. I went back and looked. So when they finally reconnected two years ago in 2017, when Sydney graduated high school, she did invite Tamara to her graduation along the terms that one, she was cordial with her father and stepmom, and two, that she would not post anything on social media about it. And later, Simon posted pictures without Tamara in them at the graduation, which caused the tabloids to say that Tamara wasn't there. And she was so infuriated by that because she was there that she then posted a picture on Instagram violating one of the two things that Sydney asked her for, which is what led Sydney to write that open letter to her mom. I remember that. And that's the only time she's ever spoken publicly, ever. Right. That was it. I remember that. I was writing for Reality Tea back then, and there were a million articles that we were writing around this whole thing. And people were outraged on the daughter's behalf. You know, everyone sided with her because it was like, just respect what I'm asking you. It's not that hard. You know, if you really want a relationship with me, then here are my terms. And Tamara just could not get out of her own way. She just needed to do things in the public eye and retain that fame and the gossip, you know, And that's exactly why she has problems. And then I look at someone like Bronwyn, who, you know, I'm I'm seeing as a first season housewife on what I would think is a failing franchise. I mean, OC has not been good for many years. Yeah. And she is out of the gate acting like this with seven kids, not to mom shame her, but she's acting like this with these seven kids who are involved in the show right from the gate, too. She doesn't know if she's going to become a huge star in the show. She doesn't know if the show is going to even ask her back for a second season. She's not even in a Tamara position where this is what her life has become. And she's acting like this right away. That is very dangerous. It is. But I also feel like she would not to make excuses. But I feel like she's a very different person when she is sober. Do you think? Okay, tell me about that. She seems like someone who wants to behave a certain way, um, but feels constrained like she can't. So she uses alcohol either to make her feel like she can or for an excuse. Oh, I'm drunk. I want to make out. I can't tell which one it is, 
but mm, she does okay cause, maybe because when you watch her when she's just having a one-on-one dinner with shannon and talking about her daughter's ocd issue or when she's just talking to her husband one-on-one or when she's on a hike with her mom she appears a very kind of grounded thoughtful sensitive person and yeah. even when she was on that double-decker bus tour and was crying because she got caught in a lie, she seemed like someone who is just very sensitive, who very much wants to be liked. But she has this other side where she wants to be really wild. And it could be because she settled down and got married and started having kids at a very young age and has been doing it for 19 years. <laughs> so, you know, can you imagine <laughs> nursing for that long? Like, no, but and especially like I can't imagine someone squirting breast milk out in public, yes, you yes. know, as one of my first forties. But I think you, I think there's something to what you're saying because she does appear to be two different people, yes. and I can relate to that. I can relate to that, and I can even relate to that with this podcast. Truly, I'm talking about oh, like moms, this that again. It's not to mom shame. It's just to be like, hey, you know, you might want to think about the bigger picture because I say all kinds of crazy shit on this podcast. You know what I mean? And I'm not on TV, but I'm out here talking, running my mouth about everything using whatever language I feel like using because that's me as an adult. But I have the responsibilities too of knowing that if that gets out and that affects my kid or her friends or families or community, that's on me. And I do know that. I do know that it's just these women. Oh my God, Mandy, I could, I could hardly watch the episode to tell you the truth. I was like looking at it halfway. I finally picked up my phone just so I'd have something else to look at. And I never usually do that. You know, if I'm paying attention, especially for a podcast, I'm like either taking notes or I'm like really watching. I was just like, I can't tell me when it's over. Tell me when it's over. I took a lot of notes. (laughs) Give me your notes. Give me your your highlights. So let's start with the whole idea of pulling a train and them taking the train to Del Mar. So they had dildos and penis flasks. I I don't even know where to begin with that. I Why is this still a thing? Do some women enjoy it? Um, I don't think so. But then you look at them on the train with all of these other... Human it, beings watching. Innocent passersby. Like, yeah, yes. who are trapped on the train with them also. Not even on the street where they can run. And Kelly Dodd is like deep throating a gummy penis. Well, and at yes. one point, and so was wasn't Vicky, or was that they were also no. showing from two a couple years ago, like at Tamara's bachelorette party, Vicky was doing it. But now that she has a cop boyfriend, oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. yes. Okay. I then again, I looked away. Kelly is asking everyone for advice on whether or not she's being too insecure because her boyfriend, who also happens to be a surgeon, hasn't called her for five hours. Do you know how long surgery is? It's freaking long. (laughs) I'm like shouting through the screen. She's just trying to have a story with this guy who's really creepy. I do think she is codependent. Um, yeah, I mean, as soon as she has a new guy, she's like, the love of my life, picture, 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 love of my life, together yes. forever. You know, she's doing it with the new guy, too. Then, again, I if I had a dollar for every time Tamara decided to stir shit up, I could quit my job and move to an island and retire. Because she, in the immediate next sentence, says, Gina, tell us how your dating life is going. Right. Knowing that Gina was set up with Emily, 
um, Shane's cousin, and that didn't work out, and she's very angry with Emily. So you can see Tamara continuously trying to stir that pot, and Gina didn't want to take the bait because Emily's her real friend and wanted to deal with it in a different way, but knows they're on camera and isn't quite sure how to do it because she's extremely immature. And then Vicky is jumping in also when they sit down at lunch to try and say, so what's going on? Because she is now, she's become Tamara's puppet. Oh, absolutely. And Gina is being played like a fiddle and she's acting horribly and also wearing a hideous jacket, I might add, throughout this episode, whatever that animal shag rug jacket was. And I just love Emily. I know everyone watching loves her, but I just adore her. I really relate to her. I feel like she is a really good and loyal friend and doesn't understand why Gina's behaving the way she is. I I agree. I like her too. She can't understand that Gina is going to these lengths just to be friends with the mean girls. Like, It's like an et tu brutus thing. I mean, she's looking at Gina like, I can't believe you're doing to me what these bitches did to us all last year. Like we, it was supposed to be us as the normal ones and them as like the totally thirsty, crazy ones who iced everybody out. And now her good friend is turning on her and her good friend is going through something major in her life who you would think she would want good friends around her. And instead she's just losing her mind and trying to be friends with these idiots. I mean, Tamara, Shannon and Vicky are not her friends. They are not. I think Shannon could no. be in some in, in some some sort of level, not when a deep level. When it's convenient for her, when yes. it's convenient for her. I mean, I think that's it. Did you see that the um, Trey's Amigas thing is trying? They're trying to make that actually happen as yeah. a cabaret show. Yeah. Puke. Puke. I would. I wouldn't see it. I. I don't want to see them. They're not enjoyable to me. But I have a question for you. Do you know when this was filmed? Oh, God, I don't know. I have not done any kind of research. It wouldn't be hard for me to figure out because I know it was Shannon's birthday. And so I'm assuming Shannon's birthday is. Oh, she's in Aries. So she's in April. Okay. Or May. I think my daughter's in Aries. So I know that April is April. I think it's March, April because I'm Taurus and I'm May. So that yes, okay. So okay, so we've got. These are how we do our research from the stars. Did Megan King Edmonds the cheating gym scandal come out? I feel like that was later on. So this happened was probably filmed before that scandal broke. Probably, and also before she revealed the struggles she's going through that they're going through with her son. Mm -hmm. And. It was very weird seeing her. I mean, Alexis Bellino was trotted out last week for her strange scene, so we could all be annoyed by her all over again. And now Megan King Edmonds is being trotted out in a bizarre train conductor slash Jane Fonda like spandex video outfit this week so that she can sort of just like silently watch. I mean, she really didn't get involved except she was just caught in the crossfire of the bathroom fight and then asked Emily about her feelings a couple of times. It was so weird. And it was odd. Like they asked her, they're like, where's Jim? She's like, he's training down in Florida. And they're like, she's like, but I'm not with the kids. Um, It was just a weird, everything was weird, but it felt like that was all production. And I don't like when it's, I don't know. 
you can tell, at least in Beverly Hills, when Camille is invited to something, at least up until this season, it wasn't just production. It's because Kyle remained friends with her. Right. You know? Right. This, it was weird. Right. Nobody's real good friends with Megan. Nobody even wanted to talk to her. She ends up talking to Emily, basically, the whole time. Right. If you miss her so much, then why aren't you guys, like, all talking to her about, how's your kids? What's going on? Everyone just ignored her after they said hello. It was, it was so, so weird. strange. Oh, my God. What did you think about how close all of the other patrons were sitting at these establishments that they were just, these housewives were completely shooting vivid videos in? I mean, this would have been my dream. So right? I would have loved to be trapped in very close quarters with a bunch of drunk housewives. That's but... true. That's true. As much as I'm, <laughs> as much as I'm like, this was, this sucks so bad, blah, blah, blah. You know, if that was in real life, I would have been filming the whole thing with my phone. Oh, my God. I would have gotten on the ground, too, and pretended like I couldn't get up. (laughs) We're like, ah, (laughs) happy birthday, Shannon. I mean, I did really think there was one moving part of the episode, which is when Shannon thanked them all for celebrating with her because she's had a lot of really bad birthdays. And to think back, every time it was her birthday, David found a way to disappoint her. And I thought it was nice that she kind of reclaimed the day because she clearly likes her birthday. So she made it about her and about doing something that she wanted rather than – and I was glad that she stayed happy. Like no matter how much she drank, it was still fun for her, which shows that I feel like she's in a good mental state. I don't know. I can't get with her fun Shannon shtick. I don't think it's real. Really? I, no, I do not. Ooh. And I, her hypocritical ass too, being like, why do people always have to start drama when we're having fun when that is all she has done? She has cried through every fun trip. She has screamed at people. She has hidden in bathrooms. I mean, this is what she has done forever and ever and ever. And she can't give Emily the grace of being upset for one minute. I know. She's really mean to Emily. They she is do awful. not like her. Why don't they like Emily? Emily is probably the most likable to the viewers. Why don't these chicks like Emily? Because of that, do you think? smart. Uh, I think you just, I, I just heard a bell go off in my head. <laughs> well, I mean, I do know I think Shannon you're, I think that's probably did go it. through, I think, two years of law school and didn't finish the third. So it's not like she's a dummy. But I feel like she dumbs herself down to hang out with Vicky and Tamara. Right. Who are known to not be the brightest bulbs on the tree. (laughs) Including Andy Cohen has said that. Oh, my God. And Kelly is not really firing on all cylinders with her pharaoh cats. No, but she's funny at least. But she's not bright either. Gina, I mean, she can't keep track of her keys or phone. So at least that woman is falling apart. Emily, who is like accomplished, is a party planner, is an accomplished attorney who passed the bar. And I I think she operates at a level both emotionally and intellectually that they are just not at. So they resent it. Isn't it crazy that she is so smart and she is so put together and emotionally seems so much more mature than all of them. And she is in a relationship with this dog turd of a man. Yes. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. (laughs) Tell me. So a couple weeks ago on my podcast, I had Jamie Stein, who is an empath and an intuitive in LA. Mm. And he basically said that he thinks that Perry 
Shane's mom kind of controls everything. And that while she seems very sweet and whatever, you know you don't want to cross Perry. And I think that she's in this like relationship partly because she really likes her in-laws and she feels like that's a stable family that she didn't have growing up. But at the same time, she's terrified of pissing off Perry, who look at how much she bends over backwards for her, like doing this whole thing for her birthday, even when her husband wasn't around. Right. Involving her all the time. And then this was the thing that made me think that Jamie Stein was right. So when her and Gina are making up, she says that Shane's cousin his father and Perry were not speaking to each other for like over 10 years, that he was estranged from the family. So that while he was a cousin, it wasn't like a cousin that you would know so well. And I'm thinking if Perry just like cuts people off, like that's exactly what he was talking about, how you don't want to cross her, but she seems all sweet and innocent. He goes into like a very sort of detailed reasoning of her sort of behavior and Emily's psyche. But I feel like she, I don't know, she's also afraid to embrace, like, her femininity. She's trying, but, like, she's also trying to be with a guy who's, like, kind of projects himself as weak, maybe so she could try and, I don't know, the whole thing is very odd. It's super odd, and it's uncomfortable. I mean, the thing with Perry, I think a lot of people have pointed out, and rightly so, that Perry really loves the camera time. She is dressed up like a crazy person every single time they have an event. She loves being involved in this show. You can just tell. And Bronwyn's mom, I mean, all her issues are completely separate, but she's got that thing going on, too, where she's like, oh, my God, this is going to make me a star tangentially because my daughter's on this show. So I wonder if each of them in their own way feel this pull yeah to kind of keep it together so that they have this mother or mother-in-law figure who's getting something from them that passes for love you know like look what I'm doing for you and Emily did have those issues with her own mom that was very strange last season remember when she brought her out for the last episode in years that was so uncomfortable I did not like that that was one of the times where I didn't relate to Emily and I usually do and a lot of us do but I was like why are you doing this to your mom who's clearly had major psychological issues who admits it and then gonna reunite with her and ask her questions and try to put try to put the screws to her you know with like why weren't you in my you know why haven't you seen my kids in so many years on camera and this like shit show basically it's a bravo show it's not like you know the 2020 special it's just I did not like that. That made me think that Emily is thirsty. Have you noticed that the producers seem to be pushing these weird family situations more than normal? Yeah, totally. They have. And, you know, but some franchises are a little more family-centric than others. Like Jersey Jersey, always has this, right? Period. New York, you wouldn't even know these bitches had kids. (laughs) They, 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 like, sometimes talk about them. You sometimes see a kid or two here or there, but... It's really about the women's own lives. And then OC has been a mix throughout the years. So that's interesting. You feel like they're pushing it more this season than ever. But also with Potomac, where they tried to get Ashley to reunite with her biological father, who that was like a crazy situation. He wouldn't even open the door for her. 
I didn't watch this season. Was it like a Kenya Moore thing where Kenya went to go see her mom with all those cameras and I she didn't think open so. the door? Yeah. yeah. It was okay. it was sort of like that, but the interesting part is she was with her dad's sister and the sister's husband who were kind of like trying to I don't know, comfort her and kind of tell her we don't know if this is a good idea but we support you and we'll show you where his house is and stuff like that because she wasn't raised with her dad at all her dad totally abandoned them and um also her mom is african-american her father is white um it's just like an interesting sort of family dynamic with what's going on with all of that as well and when she was trying to have a baby she really wanted to I guess connect with her biological father or for in her words she said she wanted him to acknowledge her because she tried to get in touch with him on Facebook and he blocked her and I'm like oh my god well, why would your next step be to show up with a bunch of cameras and he sounded like a guy they went down I think it, they were in Georgia or something he sounded like a guy who was armed so I would not show up on someone's property. Holy like, shit. They didn't. I mean, I shouldn't make judgments, but it's, I mean, it's the South. People are armed. People are armed in the North too. But he kind of made, a, made it seem like the camera crew stayed behind and only filmed her feet. Okay. So, so that can tell you that like they probably didn't feel safe enough to come up straight to the door. Or maybe there's also different trespassing laws in different states, too, of what you can show and not show and consent and all of that. Um, but it was a very weird thing. And I don't think Potomac is one to, like, obsess over families either. Besides, no, they're like, not. all the weird relationships with people's moms. Um, they're not one to focus on, like, estrangement. And so then to see Kelly and her family and the estrangement – was weird i'm like why are they why do they keep trying to get people to reunite on camera <laughs> like, well it's so, so odd going back to kelly though you're right they're talking about the estrangement with her mother and then it turns into the whole accusation tamra made that kelly pushed her own mother down the stairs which is still coming guys we're still waiting for that i am bomb to explode and her seeing her brother and sister-in-law i believe when she was in arizona and trying to mend fences there but kelly's mom was involved in the show yes, the first and couple so of was seasons. her brother so i see how that is more relatable mm-hmm. to her story it is versus all of the other situations where you're like why are they why are they trying to do this right you're like who what what's happening here exactly i'm like are the producers feeding it to them being like this is an opportunity you know as if like your father will embrace you now because there's a camera. <laughs> like, I have no idea how they convince them, but I feel like the Bachelor producers sometimes have done this. Like there was a contestant, Dean, whose mother had died and after his father had kind of gone off the rails and lived a life kind of on the land, almost no electricity, in a very sort of bizarre, weird, hippie like vegan but but um creepy way i don't know how to describe it i remember this i remember this they got this on camera and they were treating he was talking to the the producers as if almost as if they were his therapists not producers and that they're like they were like trying to like work through this with the camera and it felt like such exploitation on everyone's part 
Oh, my God. It's like when you have to start talking to the producers of the reality show you're appearing on, like therapists, you just have to question everything. Where did it go wrong? What What am I doing with my life? That's really sad. I know. That's what, But that's what these housewives are doing. They're all messed up with their parents. They're creating drama with their own kids. They're doing things on camera that are going – that Tamara's the cautionary tale of this that, that might create an issue down the line. I mean, Bronwyn should just look at Tamara, the woman she's trying to make out with and grab her boobs in public, as the cautionary tale for what could happen with your kids. You know? I think yeah. she should. And. I don't like Tamara. I mean, Tamara to me was entertaining for a lot of years, but I'm just kind of over her now because she has no story of her own. She is just there, like you said, just to stir the pot, just to bring things up and watch people fight. And she's good at it, you know, but is that the only purpose a housewife serves? Is that where we're at now? There's also that aspect of aspirational living, which I feel like is missing from the OC. Totally. You know, and it's like, this is California. I should be jealous of you. It's warm where you are. You're near the water. Why am I not jealous of any of your lives? I should be jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need to, I need to remind myself of that when I'm like, why aren't I enjoying this housewife show, franchise, whatever it is? That is probably it. Like, I should be jealous of you. And if I'm not, if I'm just annoyed, then I'm like, oh, forget it. Because I was even thinking to myself when I was watching this past week's, why am I so annoyed that these women are having, are screeching and doing this like weird makeout stuff and falling off of chairs? Because when the New York women do it, I'm like dying laughing. I'm totally here for it. I don't care if they're making idiots out of themselves. I still, I, it's highly watchable to me. And I'm, so I'm like, yeah. why, why is this not highly watchable? And I think it's because I don't like them. Yes, number and one. I don't, and I don't like them. I don't like them, period. I, don't, I can't think of one person on this cast who I really like that much. I mean, some of them are entertaining. Some of them aren't. And number two, it's nothing aspirational about it. None of them are doing anything interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like outside of their antics. I know. It's with, with the New York women, I feel like they all have a level of confidence that we should aspire to. Yeah. You know, Dorinda the other day tweeted out this picture of herself with no makeup and someone made like a meme out of it. And she's like, hey, I'm 55. This is what I look like without makeup. And I'm like, yeah, it is what you look like. You look awesome, you know. And Sonia just living her best life. She put out her shoe line yesterday. Don't think I can afford them. And I'm not sure I want her ex-husband's family crest on my foot. But, you know. (laughs) Hey. Like, they have a certain level of genuineness with who they are. So if they are making out with each other, it's coming from a place of they really want to. Like Sonia and that random like drive-by makeout with the girl (laughs) last season that came out of nowhere and then she left and we have no idea who she was or what happened. Right. And like, remember the classic, I mean, there's so many classic scenes from New York, but when they were in... God, wherever, where Ramona's foot was broken and they were wheeling her all over oh those cobblestone God, streets, yes. which was, first of all, amazing enough, but was just even like a non-issue compared to the rest of the drama. And then Carol and Bethany are at one end of the table arguing about their real issue. And then at the other end of the table, Dorinda and Luann, oh the newly God. sober Luann, are getting into it. And the camera kept splitting and going back and forth. I saw the same kind of camera work this past week in OC where they were going to one end and showing Gina and Emily and then going to the other end yes. and showing Tamara. 
And I was like, but it's not the same. It's no. not the same. No, it is the not other one, the, same. the New York that was in Cartagena, I watched yeah. that scene probably three times. Right. To, it's so to rich try and absorb sex. what was happening. But they did the same thing this week. And you and I You're wonder right. if they're thinking, oh, we got to bring it like New York. And so they're doing this thing where all of them are just acting so crazy and wild and like just losing their minds at dinner. And they're, you know, this end and this end. But it just doesn't work. They're not interesting enough. They're also not authentic. If no, that was who real. they were, we would have seen this before. And it would come across differently as opposed to desperation. And then for Bronwyn, no, for Bronwyn to talk about threesomes in the way that she does doesn't feel like a cool, sexy girl who's confident in her relationship. She sounds not confident, which is right. makes me concerned because there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's only if you're not comfortable. And then Tamara is like, when I was having sex with Eddie the other night, I thought of Bronwyn. I'm like, it's what? just all such bullshit. Are you saying this? You're making because- this a storyline. It's not a thing. Right. You know why they're saying it? Because cameras are on them. That's why. And you can feel it. I think the viewers of these shows, we've been here long enough. We have suffered. Hashtag we have suffered. So we know what feels authentic and what doesn't. And these moments just don't. I mean, that's how I feel. I don't know if you guys listening out there, if you feel like this is authentic and I'm just like missing the boat. Maybe I'm missing Let me know. But it just does not ring true. But since we have to wrap up soon, let me just ask you this. Are you like two feet in for New Jersey this year? I am so in for New Jersey. Yay! I so I only okay, saw my first season of ever watching New Jersey was last year. So I don't even know the history. I don't know the Manzos. I Go don't back. know Greggy Bennett. Like I need to figure out who these people are, but I also don't know if I want to go back because it doesn't sound, it sounds like the first two seasons were amazing and then it was a lull and then last season happened. Watch the first two seasons, call in sick, get the flu, quote, and then (laughs) call in sick. Not that any, hopefully no one you work with is listening to this and watch that shit in just like two straight days. You will have all the information you need on Everyone who is still important, who is really Teresa, and I'm not saying she's important because she's a great person. She's not, but important to the story. Yes. And uh, then the entrance of Melissa and then Danielle Staub, who they've been prancing back out just to be the biggest POS ever. But she's still there for a reason, I guess. Now, Marge, being a recent comer on the landscape, she's like a Dorinda. She, it feels like she's always been with us. Right. You know, it really does. She just fit in so beautifully. I think she was genuinely friends with some of them beforehand. Same with Dorinda. She kind of was, but she also just, I feel like she just knows who she is. And there's something about a woman who comes in and knows who she is. And for instance, what we're just talking about. Bronwyn doesn't have that. Someone like yeah. Margaret Josephs does. And it just she makes a difference to how they so act with people. Funny. Yeah. So they released this week, um, not a trailer, but a couple different videos um, from this season. And I was so moved to see that Lexi, who works for Marge's business, had a baby and that Marge has her bring the baby to work because she first started her business so that she could be a stay-at-home mom ish like work but you know have her baby with her and then joe is watching the baby (laughs) 
so sweet. This is what Jersey is. They have I these weirdly, they have these oddly sweet moments, like with Joe Gorga, for instance, who I strangely, much like Zied on 90 Day Fiance, I don't know if you know who that is, but I've I have this strange, okay, I have like a strange fascination with these guys who I you do. think yes something's wrong with them they're misogynistic they're jerks they're horrible husbands and then you're like but they're so sweet like what's happening to me why do I think this Uh, that's my relationship to Joe Gorka as a viewer always I'm like so enraged by him one minute and then the next minute I'm like he's the best father and he totally makes sense and oh my god isn't he sweet (laughs) it's just so messed up I disagree that's what I I love about Jersey with his worldview but he does seem to be incredibly loyal to Melissa yeah and to his he tries to be a good son it's complicated he tries to be a good brother but he's he's a different I'm also weirdly attracted to him and like he's nothing like my type he's like short and the accent I hate but I don't know what it is it's like he's comfortable with himself Two people right now who I feel this way about, Zied, 90 Day, <laughs> and Joe Gorka, and it's a problem, and I need help. Because I, I'm the same as you. These are not my type. Nothing about them on paper would be attractive to me, but I'm like, there's just something about these weird guys. Okay, two other weird guys. What about from Dallas, Travis Holman, or Court Westcott? Okay, not Court. <laughs> and... To the O. Travis, like Travis 2.0, who we're seeing this season, I kind of get it a little bit. But nowhere near the level of my Ziad or Joe Gorka okay, problems. fair. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. He's also a little bit like a Wreck-It Ralph. Right, and he looks like someone punched him in the face like too many times in the ring. Which, again, these other guys aren't like, uh, they're not our type either. So it doesn't matter. The physical stuff doesn't matter. It's just something about him. He's not charming enough, I don't think. Right. No, I don't know. right. He's but I do appreciate enough. he seems. But the hard part for me this season watching Stephanie, it's like she's like, well, my husband like is my friend. And I'm thinking, was he not your friend before? <laughs> so sad, right? She's like, I can talk to him about things. He doesn't just write me lists. I'm like, oh, girl. I think she has just incredibly low expectations and a low sense of like security of self, which we're seeing. But I do think he has stepped up. And especially as she's become public about her um, depression, he really seems to be like, no, don't make let make anyone feel like make you feel like you're not worthy. You're incredible. Like he seems to be more of a cheerleader. That's I know. And it's awesome to see, actually. Yeah, I love it. I mean, is there a more beloved housewife than Stephanie on Dallas? I don't know anyone who is like, oh, I hate her. I love I love everything about her. I love her. I love any housewife that has a good laugh in their confessionals because I'm imagining them by themselves with the camera with one or two producers and just cracking themselves up like a Lisa Rinna. It's amazing. That is so true. That's my favorite. That's why I like Rinna. I'm the annoying person who throws my head back, and as my podcast listeners can attest to, I have a really loud, annoying laugh, and I'm trying to keep it under wraps. I'm trying to get as far away from this damn mic as I can, but I love that she just throws her head back and belts out that laugh. Lean in, Erin. Lean in. (laughs) I love you so much. 
All right, you tell people where they can follow you and find your podcast, and then I'll tell people since we're going to both put this out. And um, and then we'll wait for, you know, Vanderpump Rules or Jersey, because i got to talk to you about Jersey when it comes or back. Or both, because I bet they'll both be the out. In, so in early December, they'll yes. both be out at Thank the same God. time, and we can do Thank a deep God. dive into both of them. I and need that. You know, by, Maybe by that point I'll have gotten the flu. <laughs> I, I encourage you to get it by then. <laughs> Well, you can reach me. Um, you can find my podcast, Is This Real Life, on iTunes or anywhere where you find podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter. My personal account is at Mandy Slutsker, S-L-U-T-S-K-E-R, or at I-T-R-L underscore podcast. Um, that's the same thing for Instagram. But my personal Twitter has lots of other random takes, including I'm a big Vikings fan and I am heavily obsessed with politics in Washington, D.C. But there is a lot of housewives in there. <laughs> I love that you are. The housewives is like your therapy for being involved in such a heavy, heavy world of yes. politics. That's and great. sometimes I put out a hashtag, the news in real housewives gifts where I do a thread of everything that's happened in politics that day um, using gifts from the Real Housewives. And I need to get back into it. I've done, I did a special impeachment one, but I, I need to go back and do more. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Such All a right, well, you guys. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. You can find both of my Patreons, my Pink Shade Patreon that has over almost 60 episodes of just me talking about all kinds of different things with people, sometimes by myself, patreon.com slash pinkshade, or you can go to patreon.com slash heybunky if you want to get exclusive bonus recaps from one of my co-hosts, Mary Payne Gilbert, and I. We cover extra 90-day shows. We cover weird TLC stuff. We're just starting to dip our toe in, but on bump to below deck. Yes! And I was so yeah, excited to see that. Doing it. We're doing it. I'm so excited because I watched it for years, but I've never really covered it in depth. And we're starting to add that to our Hey Bunky Patreon. So whoop, whoop. She's on a boat this week to kick off our season. So it all makes sense. That and um, incredible. Yeah. And you guys can actually uh, find everything I do if you just go to tasteofreality.com and go to podcasts and you'll find Pink Shade on that network with other podcasts. And that has everything there. It has like ticket giveaways I'm doing for Countess and Friends coming up in November in Madison. It has all my Patreons, my social media, and links to my recaps because I do write recaps for 90 Day Fiance. And uh, as well as I, I talk about it a lot, too, because I just, uh, yeah, I've got a problem with 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> However, when New Jersey do. comes back, when New Jersey comes back, I will then reignite my problem with Housewives, which I consider a good problem. When boring Housewives are on, I just step back because I'm like, I can't talk about it at the obsessive level I like. But when Jersey comes back, you guys, I am so back in. So back so in. Yeah, Where can people sure. find your Facebook page? Because I know a lot of people join your um, Pink Shade on Facebook, right? Oh, yeah. You just have to look in. So you click on groups in Facebook and you just type in Pink Shade with Aaron Martin and it should come up. And then you send me a request. And I, we just ask a couple questions like, what are your favorite shows? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'll let you write in unless you look like, you know, a robot with an egg picture. But that's obvious. So, I yeah, to, I have there. to say you've got a great Facebook page and everyone is so kind. People are usually, I know, and some of these Facebook pages can get really mean to each other. 
<laughs> Thank you for saying that. That's nice, really it's hard. Safe space to talk about horrible p- people on television. <laughs> That was the whole point. I One of my questions to get into the group is like, I solemnly, or it's like a pledge. It's like, I solemnly swear to snark freely on the celebrities, people on TV, the shows themselves, the networks, but never about another Pink Shade member. And it's like, do you agree with this? And if you agree, you can come in and you can say whatever the hell you want about people who put their lives out there. But we don't, we don't yell at each other, which I find um, refreshing because I just want to yell about people behind their backs because I was raised right. Exactly. In the Midwest, you and I both. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girl. Well, this is so much fun. We'll do it again soon. Yes. Take care. Also, you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.